All right, I am like prayed up yesterday, got to pray for a couple hours, and I'm just telling you like, I'm excited about today's message. Um, so if you don't have your amens ready, if you're not ready to talk back a little bit, and if this is your first time at church, like we give you free, uh, uh, free, you're able to say amen, okay? You can say that's good, you can say whatever you want, you can clap. Like I'm just telling you, I am fired up about today's message, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put all the cards on the table this morning, okay? Here's what it is. I want you to have a powerful prayer life. I want you to know God's power through your prayers. I want you to see answers to prayers that will completely blow your mind. And I want you to feel the peace that surpasses all understanding that can come through prayer. And you can have this today. So let me lay out the next few weeks, all right? Tomorrow, as a church, we are going to launch 21 days of prayer. We do this twice a year. The first time we do it, we do it in January. And it was actually January of 2022, the first day of 21 days of prayer and fasting at the previous church I was serving at back in Ohio, where God confirmed that our family was supposed to move to the West Valley and to start a church. So we are all here today as part of a, a prayer that was answered during 21 days of prayer and fasting. It was actually on January 1st. 1st of 2023 that we met together as a launch team and we said for the 21 days leading up to our launch, we are going to pray and fast and we launched Purpose Church on Sunday, January 22nd this past year. Uh, we would not be here today without the power of prayer. Prayer is at the foundation of what we do here at Purpose. And this year's 21 days of prayer will start tomorrow. It'll end on Sunday, August 27, as we uh, conclude this series. January, we do prayer and fasting. And, and really the specific focus for the prayer of January is our personal relationship with God. That God would help us at the beginning of the year, draw close to him and experience him in a powerful way. Uh, 21 days of prayer in August is, is really a reset. Okay, it's summer, we're traveling, we're getting back into the school year, and it's a way for us to put God first and ask God to place us in strategic positions to see people come to know him. So over the next 21 days, we're gonna be asking God to move in our city. We're gonna be asking him to move in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces. This focus of prayer is that God would work because God wants to use you to make a difference. There we go. Most Christians would say that prayer is powerful. But if I ask them specifically, is your prayer life powerful? Many would say no. I believe that many people miss out on what God has for them because we don't know what it looks like to not just grow in our prayer life, but to have a praying life. As a church, our goal is not to just help you grow in your prayer life like it's this compartmentalized part of your day. It's what does it look like for us to pray first in every single situation? So today, after service, I'm going to encourage you to grab a bracelet. We got these bracelets. It says pray first on them. This is a visual reminder every single day that in the midst of whatever I face, I'm going to pray first. This is the goal of our church. The Bible says pray without ceasing. How in the world do you do that? Do you pray all day in a prayer closet? No, but what does it look like to have one sentence prayers constantly? Like I'm stepping into this meeting, Lord. I need your favor. I need your wisdom on this situation, God. Before you text somebody, pray first. Before you go to work, pray first. Before you ask that girl on a date, pray first. You need a miracle. 
<laughs> Before you go to school, pray first. Before you're about to punish your kid, pray first. Before you take that test that you should have studied for, pray first. When you wake up, pray first. Before I go to bed, I'm going to pray first. Before I eat, I pray first. What would it look like to have a pray first life? Our dream is that these pray first bracelets would be all over the valley. That, that you would just walk around and you would not be able to go to a restaurant. You would not be able to go to Home Depot. You would not be able to do anything without seeing these bracelets on people's wrists because we create a culture and we believe in the power of prayer and that God moves in our city and in our community. It would be a way for us to identify each other when we go out into the community. When you go to Chick-fil-A and you're eating God's chicken, you see someone wearing a Pray First bracelet. When you go to Lowe's and you're buying stuff, you'll never see me at Lowe's because craftsmanship's a zero on my spiritual gifts, okay? I will not be there. If I'm there, there's something really wrong, okay? But you'll see people with this Pray First bracelet. I heard a story the other day of a woman who went to the doctor. She was sitting in the doctor's office. She saw a woman across the doctor's office and they were each wearing Pray First bracelets. This would be a rallying cry in our community. Why? It's because prayer is not our last resort, it is our first response. This is not what I do when I'm desperate, although we pray when we're desperate. It's not all I can do is pray. The first thing that I do is I pray. Because here's what most people's prayer life is. I don't pray until I need God. That's what it is. Like I need God, so I'm going to pray. And that's important. I'm not telling you not to pray. Uh, in the midst of those moments. But, but we tend to act first and then we ask God to bail us out. But what if prayer is much more than just when you desperately need God to move in a situation? What if it's a way for you to stay connected to your heavenly father every single moment of every single day? When I hang out with my kids at the park, I always know, you got Junie, she's our youngest, she'll do anything, okay? Like, she's crazy, she makes me nervous, she gives me gray hair, okay? Then I have Quinny, she's our oldest, she is very, um, she tends to be sensitive, and she is very cautious, okay? Junie is going down the big slides, Quinny, she's like, just, you know, you never know if she's actually going to walk down it. One time, Quinny got some boldness, and she decided to go up this ladder that was going to get her to the playset. And I knew, like I was telling her, Quinn, this may be a little big for you. And she decided to do it anyway, which I appreciated her boldness because she's not normally that way. And uh, right in the middle of it, I know that I'm going to have to bail her out, right? So finally, she gets up to the middle of the ladder, and she looks down, and I see the fear in her eyes. And she looks at me, and she says, Daddy, I need help. Oftentimes, this is what we do when it comes to prayer. And I truly believe that God wants to bail you out, that God wants to help you in the midst of your situation. But what would it look like for us to pray before we even put ourselves in a position where we're desperate for God's help because of the decisions that we make? Most of our messages in this series are going to be based on prayer. But in order to get there, we have to build a foundation this morning. So today's message in this series is called Pray First, um, but if you're writing that down, what I want you to do is we're going to focus on the first portion of Pray First. What does it look like to place God in the center and place him first in our life, okay? And here's what we know, is I know that there is power in what we put first. 
What we put first is important. So I'm going to teach you what does it look like to put, first, uh, to put God first in your life. And I want to provide a caveat. What we're going to talk about today, if you do not have the right heart, can be a struggle. Because if, if you do these things believing that God is going to love you more, this is not the heart of what we're teaching. The heart of what we're teaching is placing God first so that we can experience him in a deeper way, but it is all built out of the fact that God loves us. So all of the things that we're doing and we're going to talk about this morning, it is not so that God loves us more, it's so that we can experience him in a deeper way way. The title of today's message, if you're taking notes, is this. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. As a follower of Jesus, pray first is a great motto. This is also a great life motto as well. In the beginning, God. In the beginning of getting married, I place God first. In the beginning of my schooling, I place God first. In the beginning of my day, I put God first. We often think that we think uh, that we have God because we go to church on Sunday. And maybe you give, or maybe you serve, or maybe you may even read your Bible or, or, or share something on Instagram about the Bible. But, but what I want to tell you today is that God is not just looking to be your Sunday God. God wants to be first. He wants to be the center of everything you do. So the question is, how do we become or how does God become the center of your life? Well, you put him first in every area of your life. What would it look like for you in your life? Uh, because God wants to be involved in your everyday decisions. God wants to be involved in your Amazon shopping, okay? God wants to be involved in your schoolwork. God wants to be involved in watching the game when your favorite team loses, God wants to be involved in your friendships. He wants to be part of everything in your life. The principle of first, you can't avoid it. There are so many verses about this, but we're just going to walk through a couple today. So if you got your Bible, uh, we love God's word here. Uh, we say it is, as, uh, it is as relevant today as the days it was written. We believe in the power of scripture. And if you have a Bible, you can open up. We're going to be jumping around to a lot of verses today, but first off, we're going to uh, talk through Genesis chapter 4. So if you've got a Bible, you can open up to Genesis chapter 4. Uh, this is, uh, do you guys remember the story of Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel, a couple brothers. We're going to talk about that here for a moment. Here's the verse. It says this, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Abel was a shepherd. He had flocks. Cain worked the soil. He was a farmer. And, and notice what, what God says here about these two boys and their relationship with him. Notice the phrase. It said that Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil, while Abel brought the first born. You see, Cain didn't bring what was first. He brought it when he got around to it. Abel brought the fat portions, which means he brought an animal. He brought one of his animals, but it, but it was the first of his animal. 
He brought the firstborn of his flock. He didn't just wait till he had a bunch and then brought one. He brought the very first one. He didn't say, I can spare one because I have a bunch other ones. I'm going to bring this one. No, he said, I'm bringing the first one and I'm giving it as an offering to God. He didn't say, I'll just grab the crippled one. He brought the best one. We're at the stage with our kids. We got a four-year-old, two-year-old, Quinn and Junie, um, where we're trying sharing. And it is not easy because they are not great at sharing. Quinn especially is very bad at sharing, okay? Quinn is very sweet, but everything in our house she thinks is hers, okay? And I feel bad for Junie because Quinn has a lot of toys because she's the firstborn, but Junie does not have as many toys. So yesterday, as a great parent and a great father, I'm like, I'm going to teach my kids sharing today. Man, I'm tired, okay? So I look at Quinn and I say, Quinn and Junie, we are going to learn about sharing this morning. And I tell Quinn, you need to share something with Junie and Junie, you need to share with Quinn. And Junie was an all-star. She took her two favorite toys, Sammy, which is a beanie baby from 25 years ago, and Dino, which was actually a gift from Shanda on the front row. Those are her prized possessions. She cannot go to bed without Dino and Sammy. And she looks at Quinn and she says, Quinn, I am going to give you Dino and Sammy. So she walks upstairs and she gives Quinn Dino and Sammy. And I'm just like, I'm the best father in the world. Junie's amazing. She's, she's just like me. And then Quinn looks at Junie and she goes upstairs and she gives Junie a toy she didn't even remember she had and doesn't care about it at all. And I look at Quinn and I said, could you give her one of your bracelets that you actually like? And she says, no, dad. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe I'm not the best parent in the world. But Junie was, was great at giving a gift. Quinn was not as great when it came to sharing. Oftentimes, we do the very same thing as Quinn. We give to God what's left instead of what's first. The Lord looked at Abel with favor for his offering. He didn't favor Cain. What we put first is important. Why? Because God does require you to give the best of what you have so you can experience the best of what he has. God wants you to experience his best. The question, are you going to give God your best? Now you can have a relationship with God and not do this. You can follow Jesus in some ways and not do this. You're just not going to get the best of God and what he wants for your life. And I want you to have everything that God has for you. One of the tragedies of pastoring is watching people miss out on what God has for them because they continue to hold on to their own life instead of surrendering it to God. God wants the best for you. And I want this badly for you as well. So today I want to talk about three principles and four practices. Three principles, four practices. Here's the first principle. God must be first. He must be first. He requires being at the top of your list. He is the priority relationship. Does anybody uh, set out a nativity scene, a nativity scene uh, during Christmas? Anybody? We got any of you out there? Right? With the nativity scene, what you do is, is you place Jesus in the center, right? 
Like that's what you do and everybody else is around and you put Jesus in the center. Now, how odd would it be if you walked into someone's house during Christmas and Jesus is on the outside, but the shepherds are in the middle? That would be weird, right? But we do that oftentimes with our life. Shepherds was an occupation. We place our work at the center. Or how weird would it be if you walked in and the wise men were in the center? We do that with our money. We place our money in the center and we place it above God. How, would it, how weird would it be if we put the animals in the middle? Some, for some of you, this can represent your pets. You treat them like God, okay? I mean, they're like, man, I spend like $7,000 a month on their dog food and everything. It's fine to have dogs. I'm, it's okay. Um, but Jesus wants to be the center. He wants to be the center. Some of you, it may not be as weird, but what if you put Mary and Joseph in the middle? And we say we need to place our family first, and that sounds right. But we don't even place our family first. That's not what God's calling you to do. He calls you to place himself first. And when you place himself, when you place Jesus first, all the other things are going to get in the right line. God is first, so he will bless you. So why does God have to be first? Well, in Exodus chapter 20, this is what he said. He said, God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. Why should God be first? He's God. He brought us out of Egypt. So in this, it was out of slavery. God does the same thing with us. He provides freedom once we make a decision to follow Jesus. And when we put him first, it's because it cost him something is that God placed you first by sending his son Jesus to die for us. So he's saying, you don't have anything before me. It doesn't mean that there aren't things that you can enjoy on life. He wants you to enjoy things in life, but it means that you don't place them above God. God must be first. Here's the second principle. We put God first by giving God the first of everything. And this probably doesn't get taught enough, and I'm going to teach it today. So if you're wondering, maybe this is your first time, I'm going to, be a, I'm going to go a little stronger today, uh, this morning. We're going to go a little deeper today. A lot of people, um, they ask for like deep teaching. They want to get into all of these pieces of scripture, and I think that is important. Uh, but for many Christians, uh, their knowledge far outweighs their obedience, Okay, so like they know a lot of stuff, but they're not actually living out the thing that Jesus called them to live out. And today I wanna to encourage you to go deeper. I want you to go deeper in your faith by putting Jesus first. Because if you grew up in church, what I wanna remind you today is that when we go to church on Sunday, but we don't really do anything outside of that and we don't place Jesus first, we are not living the life that God has called us to live. So I'm bringing you to the deep end of the pool this morning, and I want to tell you that God doesn't just want to be your Sunday God. That God is not just looking for an hour on Sunday, although this is important. He wants you to follow him with the other 167 hours as well. He wants to be your everything God. He wants to show up at your work. He wants to be involved in your family. He wants to be part of it all. Oftentimes, uh, preachers or pastors will only talk about this when it comes to money. And that is important, but the tithing principle isn't just a money principle. It's a way that we live and we follow Jesus by placing him the first in everything that we do. In Leviticus chapter 27, it says this, A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It is holy to the Lord. So what we're going to do when I talk about these principles and then I talk about these four practices, here's what I want you to consider. 
Would you consider giving God the first of everything? So give God the first of your year, give God the first of your month, give God the first of your week, give God the first of your day, and give God the first of your thoughts. Give God the first word that comes out of your mouth, and I want to teach you how to do that today. It is holy unto the Lord, and it is a chance for us to follow Jesus in every moment of every day. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and best. Everything you own, not just some things. Give him the first. Give him your best. God must be first. I'm repeating myself a lot, but I need you to realize that God has to be first in your life. We put God first by giving him the first of everything. Here's the next principle. The first has the power to bless the rest. The first has the power to bless the rest. That's a fact. So when you do it, when you start placing God first in your life and God's looking down and he's saying, oh, this is what you're gonna do? You're gonna start placing me first in every area of your life? I'm going to begin to bless you. God wants to bless you today. Proverbs chapter three, another translation says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled, overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. If you put God first, you will be blessed. Now I know some of you what you're thinking. Maybe you've grown up in a church where this makes you uncomfortable because you, you grew up in a church that has a, a prosperity theology, which essentially means if you give enough money, then God is going to bless you. We have to be careful with that theology because God can bless you in many different ways than just financially. But there is a principle when it comes to our life that when we place God first, he will bless us. He doesn't bless us out of the fact because we're so amazing, but he loves being able to give to people who are following him and who are going to expand his kingdom causes in every area of our life. This is a heart issue, okay? We do not give our time or our money or our resources out of a heart of saying, God, I'm going to do this so you give to me. We don't have that heart. That is an entitled heart. That is a manipulative heart. That is not the heart of a follower of Jesus. The heart of a follower of Jesus is I give, I serve, I love, I put God first because he placed me first. That is the heart behind why we do what we do. But in God's economy, when you place him first, he does bless. How do I know this? Matthew 6, says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. This is the key. We seek God first, not so we are blessed financially. It's because we want God. We want to know him in a deeper way. And God is looking and he's saying, if you seek my kingdom, if you seek my agenda, if you place me first in your life, then I'm going to take care of the things that you need. Man, I feed the birds. I take care of the lilies. How much more am I going to take care of a child of God who I love, who is placing me first? Watch how I'll get involved in your life when you place me first. Why? Because when you place God first in your life, he becomes responsible for your life instead of you being responsible for your life. Some of you, you don't put God first because you're scared of the things that he's going to take from you. But when you place God first, his blessing is on you and his blessing is going to take you further than your effort is ever going to take yourself. 
You're living life trying harder and doing more. And God's saying, no, I have something deeper for you. So um, we're going to go ahead and just walk through these four practices today because I want to help you get the best of God. And I'm going to give you what I do. I'm going to give you what people in our church do. And I believe that if you begin living out these practices, God is going to work in you in a deep way. So here's the first thing. Uh, Give God the first of your year with prayer and fasting. If you're taking notes, write that down. Give God the first of your year with prayer and fasting. Now, I know it's not January, it's August, um, but when we launched this church, as I said, we did it on a 21 day of prayer and fasting. January 1st, launched on January 22nd. In January of 2024, we will do another 21 days of prayer and fasting, and I want you to mentally prepare for it now. Like, commit now that in January, you are going to start your year off right through prayer and fasting. Fasting is a way for us to disconnect away from the world to connect more with God. So we're going to talk more about that in a moment, Um, but Jesus actually did this. He didn't start his ministry until he was 30 years old, but it started with his baptism, and that's when his ministry started. And then after that, before he did anything else, before he prayed for anybody, before he healed anybody, before he preached a sermon, and there were sermons that needed to be preached, and there were people who need to be healed. But before he did any of that, he spent 40 days in the wilderness in time of prayer and fasting. He, in a way, he, he tithed his time. He gave his first of the year. He gave his first of his ministry to serve God and to get ready for what he wanted to do in him and through him. Acts chapter 10 says this, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Now, I thought Jesus was already anointed as God when he went down uh, from heaven to earth. And yes, that is true. Uh, But Jesus knew that he needed a source of strength that didn't just come from who he was. He needed to be connected to the Father, and he needed to be connected to the Holy Spirit. The verse continues on and said he went around doing good and healing all those who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. God was with him. I want God to be with you and I want you to experience the power in which he can uh, just do things in your life. I want this bad for you. And I know this, um, when it comes to our church, when it comes to my life, when it comes to the life of people in our church, like, like God's blessing is going to be on our church. His favor is going to be on, his, on our church. It's going to be on churches that place him first. And you can see through biblical uh, history and human history when people set, a set, set aside time for specific prayer and fasting. Did you know that Abraham Lincoln, right in the middle of the Civil War, uh, set a time to pray and fast? It was actually 1863, and he called for the fourth of his national fast. They sought God, they repented, and they prayed and said, God, you are the source. Said, we can't get out of this mess on our own. Two years after the war ended, do you know what happened? It was 1867, right after it. Russia sold Alaska to America for $7.2 million. That's like two cents an acre. It's insane. Like, how many of you know that's a good deal, okay? Right right after, as a nation, we sought the Lord, obviously slavery ends and there's things that, that had to happen there. And then, and then we buy Alaska. And then for the next 28 years, the United States operated their federal budget with a surplus. They had money that they didn't know where to spend. Some of you, you've never even heard that word surplus, Okay. How many of you know that our country probably needs a national fast when it comes to our deficit? 
what does it look like to place God first? Okay, so in 2024, we're going to fast together, but until then, what are we going to do? Um, we're going to do this. We're going to have 21 days of prayer in August. And this is a way for us to focus on what God wants to do in you and through you, in your neighborhoods and in your communities. God wants to work in your life and we want to help you do this. I have a passion for prayer and I want you to experience the power of prayer. So if you got your phones, I want you to get them out right now because um, I'm going to give you some resources that are going to help you over the next 21 days, okay? I want to ask all of you here to commit to being here every Sunday over the next uh, three weeks that you can be here. If you're out of town, okay, but be here for the next three weeks. And then also, um, I want to encourage you uh, with some of these different resources. So let's go ahead and throw up our, our resources that we have for you. Um, and I'm going to talk through these for a moment. So on, our, on my right, this is a Pray First app. You can download this app today. This is an incredible resource from the Church of the Highlands. They have many different models of prayer um, that I'm telling you we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks that will revolutionize your prayer life. These same models of prayer are also on this personal prayer guide to my right. This is a PDF booklet, and this is an app. So pick your preference, um, but go ahead and download one of those and utilize that resource. There's guided prayers. Um, there's different things that you're going to be able to read through those booklets that's going to help you in your prayer life, okay? So that's going to be a huge resource. Um, and we'll put those up here in a moment as well. Our next resource is, we got two more for you. Let's go to the next slide. Um, this side, this is our 21 days of prayer PDF. Okay, these are prayers that are already written that we are going to be praying for our city. I'm asking all of us to pray these prayers over the next 21 days, that God would work in our schools, that God would bless our city, that people who are far from God would experience him in a powerful way. All 21 days of these prayers will be posted on social media every day starting tomorrow. So on Instagram Reels, the prayer will be, um, will be a voiceover, and then we'll also post a picture and print the copy on Instagram and social media. We're also going to send an email as well to be able to help you get these resources. On the right side, Monday through Friday over the next three weeks at 6 a.m., from 6 a.m. to 6.15, we're going to give God our mornings. And for 15 minutes, I'm going to lead a prayer call, and I would love for you to join me when you can. Monday through Friday, the next three weeks, 6 a.m. to 6.15 a.m. Um, you can scan the QR code. That's going to be the Zoom link, or you can take a picture of the meeting ID and the password, and we're going to start that tomorrow. I'm telling you, we are leaning in over the next 21 days to ask God to move on our behalf, okay? And again, I'm going to send this via email as well tonight. Uh, the last thing we're going to do, on Saturday, August 19th and 26th, we are going to meet here from 9 to 10 a.m., and we are going to pray together corporately as a church. We're going to walk through a couple of those models of prayer that are on the Pray First app, and we would love for you to be here um, from 9 to 10 on Saturday, August 19th and 26th. Okay? So we're going to give God the first of our year through prayer and fasting. The next one we're going to do is we're going to give God the first of my month with tithes and offering. Okay? So we don't teach this a bunch as a church. We talk about it in Growth Track a bit. In Matthew chapter 23, Jesus calls us to tithe. The Bible teaches it. It's really to give God the first tenth of your income to God through the church. And when you set aside what's first, God has the ability to bless the rest. Now, this is important. It's what you do first. So like the first thing you do when you get paid, when you get income, is when you give to God first. Deuteronomy chapter 14 says this, the purpose of tithing is to teach you to always put God first place in your life. Many people miss out on the benefits of tithing because they never take that step. 
For Jess and I, we have been doing this ever since we uh, got married. And I'll just tell you, it works. God blesses you in the midst of it. And you will never know until you try. So some of you, you've never taken that step. You've never given first. I would encourage you, would you commit to tithing, giving God the first tenth of your income to God through the church through the end of the year? And at the end of this year, I believe that God will show you that he will work powerfully in your life. In fact, this is the only area that God calls us to test him in. In Malachi chapter three, it says this, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this. So, so, so God is looking, he's saying, bring your tithe, your income, first 10% to God through the storehouse, which is your place of worship. That is not a charity. That's not another organization. You're called to give you know, other places, but that's over and above your tithe. Doesn't mean that you don't give to other organizations. And this is what he says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. God says, if you do this, I'm going to bless you. Why? Because you're placing me first place in the most difficult area for most people in their life. Like most people, this is the biggest struggle when it comes to God is placing him first in this area in your life. And this is what God will continue to do. He says, I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it is ripe, says the Lord. Then all the nations will call you blessed for yours will be a delightful land. When people live this out and when you tell people who don't follow Jesus that you do this, um, they look at you like you're completely crazy. Because this is countercultural in a society that believes that everything that comes into my hand is for me. And what God is saying, no, live with an open hand. And when we understand this, God doesn't always return it with a financial blessing, although he does oftentimes. You can know without a doubt that God has promised that he's going to take care of you, even when it's scary and even when you don't know where the money's going to come from or the provision is going to come from. I'll just tell you, as a church, if you're struggling, come talk to us. We do this as a church. We model this as a church. Whenever people give to God through purpose, we place the first 10% in a blessing fund that we give locally, nationally, and internationally. And we also give to people within our church who are struggling financially. It's that we commit to doing this as a part of our church. So would you commit to tithing until the end of the year and test God in this? The third one is this. Give God the first of your week with consistent church attendance in a true Sabbath, okay? So not just an hour of your day. The Bible is very clear that God wants a Sabbath, a day where we rest and we pour into ourselves and we rest and we recharge. For me, my Sabbath is on a Friday um, because on Sunday, I'm in a, obviously in a work mode. I'm preaching, I'm preparing. So on Friday, uh, that's my day off. I read my Bible, I pray, I worship, I hang out with my family. It's a time to reset and it is a time to recharge. For many of you, this could be a Saturday or a Sunday, but devote one day to rest, to thank God for what he's done, to worship loud, experience his word, and just just try it. Understand that God wants to help you rest. And when you worship, and as a church, I challenge us all in this, like, like actually worship God. Like lift up your hands. Some of you, like maybe you've never lifted your hands. Maybe you've never sung before, but on Sundays we have an opportunity to worship. And God says like worship, it, it's like a full body sport, okay? He wants your voice. He wants your hands. And for some of you, the, the first step might be just to tap your toe a little bit. You're like, that's all I can do right now. That's okay. Or maybe just like hold your hands open a little bit here. Maybe just like get them to here. And then maybe eventually you'll get to here. It's like praise God and worship him for what he's done. 
Jesus did this. It said in Luke chapter 4, he said, he went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the house of God as it was his custom. Jesus set aside the day. He set aside the day. He set aside time for God. So we're going to give God the first of our year with prayer and fasting. We're going to give God the first of my month with tithes and offering. I'm going to give God the first of our week with consistent church attendance and a true Sabbath. And we're going to give God the first of our day with, word, with the word, worship, and prayer. Mark chapter 1 uh, says, Very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. He went to a place in the morning to get close to God, to connect with God. David said the same thing. He said, in the morning, Lord, you heard my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and wait expectantly. God wants to hear from you all day long, but there's something powerful when you place him first. I know some of you are thinking, you're like, I can't spend an hour in the morning. Like life's crazy. I need sleep. So here's my challenge for you. Like if you're not there yet, it's okay. Let's take a step. What if we started with giving God the first 15? The first 15. You give God the first 15 minutes of your day and start there. How do you do it? Spend five minutes in God's word. Read a verse, read a Bible plan, read the verse of the day, like pick something and just open up God's word. Like never miss a day. That's the first thing I do. Before you go on social media, before you, no, first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna engage in God's word. The second is five minutes in worship. Pick a song that we play on the weekend and just blast it out. Like in the morning, just lift up your hands, sing and thank God for what he wants to do and what he has done in your life. Give him all the glory and all the praise. The last one is five minutes in prayer. Thank him for what he's done. Get on that Pray First app. Use the personal prayer uh, guide and just begin engaging with God in the morning and see what God wants to do in your life. Why are we talking about this? Like, why, why the first 15? Because God wants to be first. And I know that God wants to bless you. God wants to be in a deep, abiding relationship with you. He loves you more than you could ever imagine. How do we know that? It's because God placed you first with his son, Jesus. God gave you his best. God gave you his first. God gave you Jesus. So here's my question. How much longer are you going to put other things first. What if today is the day where you said, you know what? I'm going to try it for the next three months. I'm going to try it. I'm going to place God first in my life and I'm going to see what happens. What if tomorrow morning you wake up at 6 a.m. and you get on that Zoom call and we pray together for the first 15 minutes? What if you join us on a Saturday morning prayer time and, and really learn how to experience the power of prayer and what God wants to do in your life? Some of you, maybe you've never placed Jesus first in your life and it's time to do that today. If you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I would encourage you to grab a connect card after the service. And it's as simple as saying, Jesus, I'm making you the Lord of my life. I'm sorry for my sin. I'm sorry that I can't add up and I'm not perfect, but God, I place my faith and trust in you. And if you do that, we have a Bible for you and we would love to help you with next steps. Right now, I wanna just take a moment to pray for all of us as we launch into 21 days of prayer, believing that God is going to work over the next 21 days in your life. Now, for some of you, 
you need a prayer request answered that God is going to answer. For some of you, you need God to move and we're gonna ask him to move. And as a church, we are going to ask him to move in a powerful way. So would you go ahead and stand to your feet and I'm gonna go ahead and take a moment to pray for you right now as we launch into 21 days of prayer. God, thank you for this morning. As a church, we are placing you first. In a world that is obsessed with self, we are giving you everything. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our lives. We can't wait to see what you're gonna do over the next 21 days. So God, we give you all the glory, we give you all the honor, and we give you all the praise. And we lift this up in the powerful name of Jesus. And the church said, amen. Let's go ahead and sing this out together. Hey, what's up everyone? My name is Jess. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We're so glad to have you. And hey, if you made a first time decision to follow Jesus today, we are so excited for you. It is the best decision that you will ever make. I wanna encourage you to go to our website, purposearizona.com slash connect card, and you'll see a connect card on the website. Go ahead and fill that out. It gives us a little bit of information about you and helps us come alongside you and support you as you start this journey. Also, if you just wanna connect with our church or if you wanna invest financially in what God is doing here in the Valley, all of the information is on the website, purposearizona.com. And lastly, we meet in person every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Desert Edge High School, and we'd love for you to join us. Be sure to follow us on social media for any other updates. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.